old school Paul, new school Justin. Man, y'all still going to school though. <laughs> Sit down, listen up. Father, son, y'all think it's just another one. Fade the beta, they be grading players, all it's done is. Made the piper pay me, and they've been grinding lately. Up late, hit the waivers, don't hate the player, hate me. It's just a game boy, never gifted one on Christmas. Instead, I asked for ships to hit everything off my wish list. Check the litmus, do y'all really not get this? Hit this triangular shaped button, I don't want you to miss this. But I guess that's really none of my business. Me risky free, cruise with pollen, Justin, just listening. Yards after contact and catch, that's a lot of distance. The kind of info make me wanna blow opponents' kisses. But I gotta be clear, there was one key difference. Relationship is deep in this vent of ellipses. Like how Justin agreed to washing all the dishes. I'm just grateful Paul turned the missing to the missus. Father, son, pie, get down on the get down. If you don't get it now, then get, get out. Father, son, pie, sit down and get rich now if you're not feeling it now then get get out what's up everybody welcome to the father son fantasy football podcast my name is paul and we are live on yeah, twitter we're doing our first ever live show my name is justin you can follow me on twitter at justin fsff your twitter at paul fsff the podcast twitter father son ff Lots of F S F F F F S F. You know, tongue twister. Get it going, man. We are joined for our first ever live show by John Bauer to What's going on, John? What's up, Thanks John? Thanks for having me. That that intro got me all kind of jacked up. I loved it. Yeah, that <laughs> intro was awesome. Yeah, so if people can't see, I'm wearing an Arian Foster jersey and I got sunglasses on. We got some comments. Yep. Now, Coach Texas, Dan, I'm out, no, I'm with you, Coach that's Dan. Dan. That's Dan. I'm not a Texans fan now. I, I, just, I he just is. Rep the look at his jersey, jer- Dan. <laughs> he doesn't know what team he wants. You got to rep the random jerseys. I don't understand the Arian Foster jersey either. Dude, he wanted to fight a wolf. I, I don't understand that. I don't understand the glasses. I don't understand the hair. Yeah, we got the six shades. <laughs> it's nighttime when you're indoors, dude. You just gotta, you gotta have a character look. Dan is my man. Yeah, I, I love know Dan. Dan's your man. Oh, Mitch is like many Fs. Yeah, this is this is something right now. Every team six months. Dan, when you come on the show, we're gonna have an intervention. We're gonna figure out who I'm gonna root for. We got we got a list of teams. We're gonna narrow it down to. We, we're gonna few, have an in a few months, Dan. Don't worry about it. He'll be back to the Giants. Again. That's not happening. I don't want to go back there. It's just not a good place. Not a good situation. Oh. Uh, so we're going to talk some free agency, fallout, some some effects of some landing spots, and then we're going to talk some rookies as well. By some rookies, I mean just one incoming rookie, and we're going to get to that. But I want to start out talking about Austin Eckler, you know, little short guy, plays for your Chargers, just got signed <laughs> to the, you know, four-year extension. So I want to know what you got to say about Austin Eckler and his outlook moving forward. What are you doing with him in Dynasty? What, 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 do, you, what do you like about him? What don't you like about him? I love the guy. I mean, what's there's not to love? He's proved that he could handle the every down back for the first four weeks last year, right, when he took over for Melvin Gordon. The guy did fantastic. I mean, he had 220 yards. He had three rushing touchdowns. Also had 24 catches for 270 yards, three more touchdowns. What's there not to like? I mean, he's going to have a huge key role, I think, in this offense moving forward, especially without Melvin Gordon around. Yeah, we're going to talk about Melvin Gordon later. But, John, what do you what do you think about Austin Eckler moving forward? Do you think he's going to do the same thing he did last year, maybe a little regression? Or uh, how, do, how do you view that situation going forward? So I, I actually like Austin Eckler. And looking at current DLF ADP, he's going to run it back 16. I think that's pretty much right on par with where I would have him. Mitch and I were going through our projections 
and we're looking at the 2020 season. And obviously we talk a lot about dynasty, but even in dynasty, the short-term outcomes, they play a huge role in the way that we evaluate and value players for the long-term. The thing that I love about Austin Eckler, forget about the way he produced and the usage and Melvin Gordon leaving. It's that four-year contract. And I know it's not a huge dollar amount, but because of that, it screams to me that he is a great value for the Chargers. Four years, $24 million, only $15 million guaranteed. And when you look at what he did on the field, he was extremely effective and efficient. And even in that bell cow type role, he got the job done. You know, you look at guys like Melvin Gordon, who obviously was there, you know, uh, last year and a few years prior. He was, he got the usage, but he wasn't getting the efficiency that Austin Eckler was getting. He worked really well on that offense. And I know there's a concern. And, you know, my co host over at Dynasty Theory, Mitch Sorensen, he screams, Tyrod Taylor is going to kill Austin Eckler. Tyrod Taylor is still going to utilize the running back in the passing game a little bit. And all of that value is not going to be lost. If you can get somebody that I know is going to be in their position and their role for two to three years at running back, I'm all in. And at that price, why not? So I like Austin Eckler, especially at his price. Uh, I'm still looking to buy. Yeah, I agree with that moving forward. And the contract says it all. You got stability there and uber efficient player. So last year he was number one in production premium, according to player profiler. Year before that, number eight. Gets it done. Passing game, PPR floor. It's a little bit of a concern with Tyrod Taylor, but I don't see how you don't use him because he was arguably the best receiver on a team last year behind Keenan Allen going out for routes. Um, Rivers being gone, I think, you know, Rivers big dump down guy, so definitely maybe lowers off his targets, but and it's hard for me to see you not using this guy. I think it's a good buy, and if someone's willing to overpay, I'll sell it, Austin Eckler. I have no problems with that. He's going out to a second contract, and that's usually where, you know, I like to sell running backs. He's going to be 25 when the season starts. The age apex for running backs is 24 and a half. It's very, very young. It's crazy to think that the age apex is 24 and a half, but that's what it is. But he's good at football, and the way he plays, you know, he hasn't been used in a workhorse role the years before. So I think he's got some more longevity left on him. So I like Austin Eckler moving forward. See, real quick, Justin, you brought up that you would sell him, and it's like the Devin Singletary argument it all is. over again. I don't like and selling, I, that, I like buying. <laughs> I know that you would sell Devin Singletary given the situation, but you know, I, I think Austin Eckler is one of those players, and we talk about all the time, that the buy and sell values don't always line up on certain players, yeah. and Austin Eckler is one of those players. If you have him, you're valuing him close to that low-end, uh, high-end running back to production. But if you don't have him, I doubt that you're willing to pay that price. So I don't know. I would just be very hesitant to say that I'd be looking to sell Austin Eckler. I'm looking to sell every player. You know, I would <laughs> yeah. say price dependent. But, you know, I, I, I like him at his current price, and it's going to be very difficult to get the return necessary for me to move him from my teams. Yeah. So would you rather have Austin Eckler or Devin Singletary? It's easily Eckler for me. Is that, is that bad? Yeah, it's Eckler for, for me, too. For me, it's Eckler. And actually, there was a poll on Twitter uh, I, last week, a few days ago, and I voted Eckler, and I provided my commentary that I would take Eckler over Singletary right now. Yeah, no. Nah, they're both close, I think. I think Eckler's a couple spots ahead of him. And I think right now, because he signed his contract, it's possible you can get more for him, which is why I'd sell him, depending on you know how other player, uh, people in your league are going to value this guy. But it, that's what it all depends on. I mean, they're, they're still going to dump the ball off to him. And the guy's so fast. I mean, I, I just I, – I like him. I Would like you him consider your, your pro player comparison Austin Eckler? Are you like him? 
Are you agile? Can you be used in the passing game? You know, I'm 53 years old. I used to be agile. I'm still pretty agile for my, for my age. You think so? Absolutely. Gotcha. All right, we'll have to see that. <laughs> so, am I Austin Eckler? No. <laughs> if anything, I think Paul's more aerodynamic because the the hair oh, is not as fluffed up, right. Justin. So, so you're not getting the versatility that I think Paul might get. You you don't like this. You don't like my new Twitter name, FF Pompadour. What, what, what's up with this? I mean, John shaved his head, so he wanted to know if I would shave my head. I'm you not. Ain't, you ain't shaving your no, head. No, I'm not shaving my head. But you, you want you ain't shaving your head. You don't even know what team you like. How are you gonna shave your head? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I only shaved my head because I'm in quarantine here. You know, there's self-isolation. Literally, my wife and I, we were sitting here on Saturday, and I looked at her. I said, do you want to shave my head? And then, of course, I put a poll on Twitter, and little secret, I was going to do it anyway, but I knew that Twitter was going to vote yes. It was like 80% yes. I was like, okay, screw you, Twitter. <laughs> So we got some comments here. We got Matt Williams in here. He says free money. We love free. Well, we you love, love free we're money. We're getting free money, Matt, from the government. Everybody's getting some free money <laughs> pretty soon. Some free money. From we the love government. free money. <laughs> and then we got Tom Rice says Tajay Sharp 2020 2021 projection. Don't even worry about it, bro. They're gonna draft a wide receiver, I think, in the draft. You got BC Johnson, who I think is gonna be better than Tajay Sharp. It was just a signing to fill in the void in case of injuries. But I think the Vikings are gonna take a wide receiver in the draft. I think Denzel. What are wins. the big time local grocery stores in Minnesota? Because I think that's Tajay Sharp's projection. <laughs> oh, that's that, 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 that's so awesome. They're hiring right now, so hopefully he gets there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Todd Gurley owners about the contract. Yeah, how did that? Yeah, so we're gonna talk about Todd Gurley soon, actually. But we're gonna talk about speaking of Chargers. I know Jesse Reeves, who was on the podcast recently, he mentioned big Chargers fan. He wants Tua. He wants Tua to the Chargers. And there's rumors now that they may trade up because Tua yeah. posted a workout video of him moving. And let me tell you, it doesn't look like this dude fractures hip however many months ago. He four months ago. Four months ago. Four he's months already ago. back. Yeah, it that just shows like you how crazy medical technology has evolved. Tua looks back, looks healthy. So is he the quarterback one in this rookie draft class is the question I have for you, Dad. I know you like Joe Burrow, but I am going to say yes. You know, people, are, are, people are going to argue that. Um, I still like Burrow over Tua. Even though Tua did look good in his workout, I mean, you know, like you said, four months ago he he um, busted up his hip. I mean, he has the release, he has the accuracy and touch to do well in the NFL. I think uh, definitely doesn't look like a guy who dislocated his hip four months ago. We just talked about that. He looks like he's on his way to be an early pick in the draft. And if the Chargers they're going to probably they say, trade, up they're to three. trade up and take yeah. him at three, I still like Burrow over Tua. Just from what he did last year, I mean, it's just right. will he do that in the NFL? We're we're gonna find out. But right. let's say I, you, John. So uh, I'm gonna ride the fence a little bit. <laughs> All right, they're both very close. You know, you can't. I wouldn't argue with anybody one way or the other, Tua or Burrow. But I do have a concern with Burrow, and you saw that meteoric rise and the huge improvement from 2018 to 2019. How much of that was Joe Brady? You know. In, and we saw the weapons around him. I know, you know, Mitch, he's a big supporter of Justin Jefferson. And we talk about the things that those receivers did for him. You have Clyde Edwards Hilaire coming out of the backfield. Again, I don't know how much of that was Burrow, how much was the weapons around him, how much was the coaching staff. But we're going to find out here very shortly whenever he gets drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. I think we would all be shocked if he wasn't drafted by the Bengals at first overall. If I'm the Lions or Giants sitting there at third and fourth overall pick, you need to be looking to make a move 
uh, with the Chargers there sitting at six overall. You know, oh, you want yeah. them to leapfrog the Dolphins at five. I would be looking for a King's ransom there, and the Chargers have to be crazy not to look at that. Now, if Tua slips to five, I don't see the Lions or the Giants taking him. We all believe that Young's going to go to the Redskins at sec- uh, the second overall mm-hmm. pick. If you're the Dolphins, you probably take two at five. But if not, then obviously he goes to the Chargers at six. And then people were talking about, oh, the Chargers should go get Jameis Winston. I love Jameis Winston, but we've seen the numbers and the success that teams have had when they bring in these quarterbacks and they're on rookie deals and you can build around them. The Chargers need to look at Tua because Keenan Allen, he's a free agent after 2020. Mike Williams, a free agent after 2020. You have a you know a top-end running back here on a very team-friendly deal and then you have Hunter Henry, who you franchise tag. So I would think if he stays healthy here in 2020, they look to extend him a little bit longer term. But you get Tua on a rookie deal. You can build around him. Tyrod Taylor seems like a great guy. Maybe, you know, a guy that I'd have a, a drink with at the local watering hole here. But, you know, I, I don't think that he's the long-term answer. And we're going to see what we saw in Cleveland. He's going to be the bridge quarterback. And the Chargers do need to look at Tua and again, you lock him up on the rookie deal. You build around him. That offensive line is a concern. They need to improve a little bit. And it's one reason that the statue that is Philip Rivers, you know, there's a few things there. His arm wasn't great towards the end there, but also he wasn't mobile. And you, you have a, a line that's, you know, not exactly fantastic by any means. You need a quarterback that's able to move. And I think Tua could be that guy. So, you know, I, I, I agree that he should be, the guy that the Chargers are looking to move up for, because if he doesn't get picked by the Lions or Giants, which he shouldn't, he's not going to make it past the Dolphins. Yeah, no, I agree with that's that. A, that's a very good point. Yeah, so two a 99th percentile QBR in college, 97th percentile yards per attempt in college. I'd like to see that. He was at Alabama, though, but he still came in after uh, the first half of that championship game and then led him to win it. So he's a good quarterback i think his ceiling's probably higher than burrow but it's not higher than jay when it hurts and that's the quarterback of his class i think has the highest ceiling you see a comment in here herbert over Tua. that's just false i'm sorry uh, <laughs> i don't I mean i like herbert i think he'll be fine but i don't think he's better than Tua. this quarterback class is pretty good i think the top four are very good i, I go Tua burrow and then jaylen hurts but depending on landing spot Jalen Hurts can be special. His ceiling is very, very high. And for fantasy, I'm all over Jalen Hurts, especially in Dynasty right now because obviously I don't think he's going to start right away depending on the landing spot. But Justin, we're doing a few startups that have the rookies included, and I've actually landed Jalen Hurts in the 10th or 11th round of Superflex startups, mm-hmm, so. and I've pulled the trigger. And I'm not even a big Jalen Hurts guy, and you're touting him, and there's a ton of other people on Twitter touting him. And because of that, his value has been rising a little bit within the Dynasty community. And... I like Jalen Hurts, not as much as everybody else, apparently. But if his value is sitting there and he's you're able to get him in a super flex draft in the 10th or 11th where rookies are included, that's a hell of a deal right there. And it's a gamble that I'm willing to take. And if he's not going to play year one, I'll let him sit on my roster while I have my other quarterbacks there available. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, sub 4644 quarterback, 95th percentile college QBR, and he performed as a freshman at Alabama and then even last year performed at Oklahoma. I think he's a very good thrower, underrated thrower, and he's got the mobility. I took him in the 10th round as well in a startup that I think we're in together um, in the Superflex startup. I'm all over Jalen Hurts. I think the upside's there because if he gets any start at any NFL team, he's going to probably post QB1 numbers because of the rushing floor he's going to provide for you. And that's more valuable to me than a 
Jacob Eason or even a Justin Herbert playing time because they're going to be more Definitely a lot of upside developed. right there. So a lot of upside. And my favorite free agent signing this whole entire offseason so far is Teddy Bridgewater to the Carolina Panthers. I absolutely love that pairing for Carolina. You have Matt Rule there who I think is going to do very unique things with this offense compared to what we're used to seeing. And now he's got the best yak receiver in the league in DJ Moore, if, well, maybe second best. I think him and Juju are very close first and second for yards after the catch. You got Curtis Samuel, who's a great gadget player in the air yards king, but I think now that they signed Robbie Anderson, he's going to probably be a deep threat, and they're going to use Curtis Samuel closer to the line of scrimmage. Curtis Samuel, people are going to view him as a deep threat, but I think he's much more than that. He had 172 carries at Ohio State. He's very versatile, can do it all. So I'm very excited to see what Matt Rule can draw up for these people. And I, I'm all on, in on Teddy Bridgewater as a great QB2 in fantasy. I think he's going to be consistent numbers. And for a guy who doesn't really throw the ball that deep, this is the perfect pairing, like the perfect skill set pairing you could possibly see, I think, for Teddy Bridgewater. It's just like the stars aligned. And if I was a GM or a coach, and I had DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. How did I forget to mention that guy? Yeah. He's pretty good at football. You know, he's, he's okay. He's okay. But that is exactly the quarterback I would sign. The great game manager in Teddy Bridgewater. And he's got all these weapons who are versatile. And it's just, I, I think it's going to be a, a underrated fantasy offense. And definitely a top 10 fantasy offense for this upcoming season. So let's start with John this time. What do you, what do you think about this Teddy Bridgewater sign? I know you're a little bit lower than I am on it. but I have so many thoughts right now. Like my <laughs> mind is racing. And I just feel like everything's going to get jumbled together. I'm going to ramble here, but why not? Um, I like Teddy Bridgewater. And there's a lot of people that say that he's just a bridge quarterback. It's, I mean, they say it's in his name, Bridgewater, you know? But you look at his contract and tremendous dead cap in 2020, 2021. And you, know, you look at some of these franchises and it seems like they're okay cutting this dead cap. You look at what just happened with Todd Gurley. So if they bring somebody else, and I know people are excited about PJ Walker and you look at Robbie Anderson and Matt Roll and the Temple connection and everybody's going to preach that narrative throughout this offseason. I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot. That defense is horrific. And you look at the rest of that division, New Orleans, Atlanta, NFC Tampa South, Bay. baby. <laughs> there are going to be barn burners mm -hmm. and that offense is going to have to keep up now one thing that i'm really interested in teddy bridgewater he's never exceeded 447 pass attempts in his career obviously he's had some injuries he played for minnesota who was a run first team at the time they had a strong defense last year in carolina 633 pass attempts to 386 rushing attempts and that was with kyle allen and will greer and you know with all due respect they weren't good so it's like, what do we see from Teddy Bridgewater in this offense? Do we see Joe Brady really take control and we see them throw the ball a lot? Or do we see Teddy Bridgewater more of the game manager that we've come to see in the past? So I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. I think it's going to be, you know, he, we're sitting here, 447 pass attempts is the high in his career, maybe 550, 560 pass attempts here in 2020. And with these weapons, it's going to be very interesting because Teddy Bridgewater He's never been a downfield thrower. If you look at all of the qualifying quarterbacks in 2019, he had the lowest air yards per attempt. It was like six something. I forget exactly what it was, but it was the lowest out of all qualifying quarterbacks. Now you have two guys that with a lot of air yards, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, they're going to stretch the field and they're probably good for you know real life football, but fantasy purposes, those are the two guys that I'm not thrilled about. And then Justin, you already brought it up. 
Curtis Samuel, he's probably going to be that slot receiver. Yeah. I believe last year, Jarius Wright saw that role most of the season. And you look at these guys, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, none of them exceeded 20% out of the slot last year. So one of them is going to have to take control. And then I know some people, and again, I, I could sit here and ramble on and on about this situation because there's so much going on, but they ran a lot of three wide receiver sets last year. And I think it was like 78%. And I think it's going to continue here in 2020. They're going to have to score. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know, maybe quarterback 20, 21, 22, somewhere in that range. But for super flex purposes, which I play in a lot, yeah, which and you Justin, should I know be you're playing taking in. part two. You should only be playing in flex. So. He's going to be a very viable option. So yeah. I, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not sure that the Robbie Anderson signing makes a whole lot of sense like unless they one, move no. Curtis Samuel to the slot. So we'll see. I think yeah. they almost have to move Curtis Samuel to the slot because uh, Anderson should start opposite, right. I, opposite DJ Moore. They have to move him to the slot, which I think is going to hurt him. You think um, it's going to hurt him in the slot? I, I think, That's easier targets for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, doesn't like throw it deep. And then you mentioned you know, the, all the time yeah. Samuel uh, spent a lot of time running downfield, right? Yeah. Um, he, all, all last season, he ran a lot of downfield routes. Being in the slot, you're not going to do that. I think it's going to hurt him a little bit now. Yeah, but at college, he was used around the line of scrimmage a lot. Very versatile player. He's not normally a deep threat. Last year, they used him as a deep threat, but they couldn't hit him deep. I think it's going to be a, a little blessing in disguise, but I think Robbie Anderson takes away some targets. Well, you know, Rob, Robbie Anderson leaves behind uh, 96 targets with the Jets. Yeah. He leaves he leaves behind, so somebody in the Jets is going to have to get this. So he brings that to here. Bridgewater well, when targets, feel- like Peter Howard said, targets aren't given to you. you got to earn uh, targets. Yeah. So it's going to be gonna, interesting to see he's how gonna that He's going to earn them. I mean, he, he earns his targets. You know, look when Breeze was out when Teddy Bridgewater came in for those five games. Mm-hmm. Right? He did, he did okay. Yeah. He did okay. But everything was underneath, though. So yeah, that's, that's my correct. concern with a player like Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel. And, you know, you, you talked about it, Paul. Last year, Curtis Samuel was that deep yeah. ball threat. I liked, when you I liked him last year. When you discrepancy between yeah. air yards and receiving yards, Curtis Samuel, he was at the top of the list. It was Curtis Samuel, Kenny Galladay. Those are the types of players that there was room for improvement. And I was excited about Curtis Samuel. But then you bring in Teddy Bridgewater, who just wants to dump it off, dump it off, dump it off. I think it's there is a pause for concern, at least from my perspective. And I just my perspective is I think it's going to hurt him being in a slot because of all the stuff he did down down the field, down the field. But it's going to be interesting to see how this offense is going to work under Rule and Joe Brady. So. So the past times may increase. They may go a little bit faster yeah. pace. I'm glad they moved on. I, I'm not a big Cam Newton fan. Uh, they they had enough of his crap. So I'm glad they moved on from him. Yeah. So Teddy Bridgewater mentioned doesn't throw the ball deep that much, but he was fourth in deep ball completion percentage. And before his catastrophic knee injury, he was a very good, accurate deep ball thrower. So he can do how it. Many, how many attempts was that on? He though? had 15 attempts. So, you know, it's not a lot of attempts, but he only had how many games do you start out of, uh, I think it was like eight or I nine. mean, I hope he dumps it off. To, I love Samuel. I love Samuel. Yeah, Samuel, I think, is a great I buy just, low candidate right now in Dynasty because he is a free agent next year, and he's only yeah. 23 years old, and the person with that skill set, he can go anywhere he wants, and I think that's very enticing. And right now, people are going to be off on him because of this whole Teddy Bridgewater is going to start a ball deep. you got Robbie Anderson coming in. I think he can still have, like, wide receiver three weeks this year, possibly like a wide receiver two week here or there, depending if he gets a, like a play worth a lot of yak. So I think he's a great buy low, especially because he's a free agent next year. But I'm I'm loving this offense and like Dan said in the chat, LSU 2.0 question mark. I don't know if we're gonna see that much effectiveness because of the offensive line, but it's gonna be a very like I said underrated fantasy offense. And I'm I'm buying into most of these pieces, especially DJ Moore, McCaffrey. I think is the one on one. Dan, what do you think? We'll get him a Curtis Samuel's jersey next. 
I'll take a DJ Moore jersey. Big DJ Moore fan. Buy high on DJ Moore because right now maybe people are a little worried. I don't. I don't really care. I'm buying high. I'm buying. I'm buying DJ Moore yeah, wherever I, would, I can. I would buy high. Speaking of buy candidates, Moore. my favorite buy candidate right now in all of Dynasty is Irv Smith. All right, the Stefan Diggs leaving. I think it makes Irv Smith step up. Um, last season after their uh, Week 12 buy, including the postseason, Irv Smith ran more tight end routes than Kyle Rudolph by 12, and this is per Grant Barfield. Uh, he also went to Alabama, very good college. He had 44 catches and 710 yards at, at Bama as a tight end, which is very it's good to see, I think, because you got all these weapons, Jerry Judy, Ruggs, and they drafted him in the second round. So uh, Irv Smith is my favorite by candidate, especially in tight end premium. I still don't understand why they signed Kyle Rudolph, but the, the routes run after the bye week is a little promising. I think he's going to be the biggest benefactor from Diggs leaving, and I also love Adam Thielen for this year. But what's your thoughts on Irv Smith, Dad? I think as a bi candidate, just like you said. I mean, he's twenty-two years old. I think he's twenty-one or twenty-two years old. He's basically um, me. I am Irv Smith. I can become a give me an Irv Smith jersey. I'll take one of those too. You want to give me some jerseys? You know, we're, we're <laughs> a, you don't even. I don't. I'm not even going to go there right now. Are we six so, feet apart? He, not really. No. No, we're not, Bart. We're not six feet apart. <laughs> so, what about you, John? What's your thoughts on Irv Smith? Are you buying Irv Smith? I mean, he, wait, let me just say he All finished right. second among. Among all rookies in receptions with 36 as a backup, right? So that as a backup, as a backup that's pretty good. That is pretty so good. So if he can if he can do what he did at Alabama, where he had 700 yards, seven touchdowns, um, he could deliver this full time in the NFL. I'm absolutely positive of that. Big Irv Smith guy. What about you, John? First of all, can I talk about your segue from the Panthers to Irv Smith? The the transition was seamless. It was smooth. I loved it. Thank you. I've been trying to work on my segways. You know, I'm getting there. I liked Speaking it. of segways, can you buy me a segue? No. <laughs> I'm not buying you. I'm not buying you anything anymore. Wait, when you get your your uh, stimulus check here, Paul, buy him a segway. <laughs> I'll take one. I'll I, I'm going to buy him a jersey of a, from a different team. Yeah, I'll take an Irv Smith jersey. No, nope. I'm going to buy you a. Uh, Dak Prescott or Glass. something. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> now, Justin, I think we're starting a stimulus league, right? $1,200 buy-in? Oh Is gosh. that what we're doing? Probably. And then if you're Canadian, you have to pay $2,000 because I heard they get more. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, no, but Irv Smith, I like him a lot. And he's somebody that I, ha- I had my eye on coming into 2019 just because of the price. You know, I'm all about price and where you can get players. The issue here is, so he was going tight end 17 in startups, and I think that's going to be bumped up a little bit. People are excited, but it's still probably a good price to pay in startups. Mm -hmm. And I always talk about buy and sell values not lining up in existing leagues. I don't know if you can get him at a reasonable price right now from the Irv Smith owner. I think it's going to be very difficult. And actually, you talked about Adam Thielen. I see him as a, no, it's difficult because he is 29 going on 30, and you know, he hasn't really finished off the last two seasons strong, but I see him as this is the window to sell Adam Thielen. Ooh. If you hang on to him now, they're going to draft a wide receiver. They have to. Mm-hmm. I don't see any other option. You're not going to have Tajay Sharp. You're not going to have BC Johnson as your wide receiver too. You just moved on from Stefan Diggs. Unless you're just going to run, uh, you know, uh, two tight end sets constantly and throw Tajay Sharp or Ola BC Johnson out there with Adam Thielen. I, I don't know. And then also Adam Thielen, he wasn't as productive in two wide receiver sets because we predominantly see him out of, you know, the slot. So it's going to be very interesting to see. I would sell Adam Thielen. 
I would look to sell Adam Thielen. Will people pay the price? I don't know. But yeah, Irv Smith, I like him plenty. My concern is, can I get him at a reasonable price from an existing owner? Probably not. Yeah, it's probably going to be hard. I would kind of buy high. Now, I have a question. Would you rather have Irv Smith or Ian Thomas, especially now? Oh, my God. Why would you? I know who who you like. The answer for me is clearly Irv Smith. Irv Smith. No, I, I... Wow. Today, I would not trade Ian Thomas for Irv Smith straight John up. John Smith and for I, Irv Smith. I, I know people want to, oh, well, Matt Roll didn't utilize the tight ends in Baylor, and that's talked about constantly. Oh, because, you know, gosh. whatever a, a coach did in college, it's going to translate 100% to the NFL. Irv Smith has shown flashes, and at times, whenever he was given the opportunity in 2018 at the end of the season when Olsen was out, he was like tight end five or six over a certain stretch. So I like Ian Thomas. I've been buying at a reasonable price up to this point. Greg Olson is gone, and I think it's going to be his time to shine. I'm not worried if another tight end from this class comes in. You know, Cole Komet, I'm not worried about him. Even you know any of the Bryants, there's a million of them out there. I'm not worried about them. So I'm taking Ian Thomas. Maybe we can make a trade workout if we have the right pieces. Yeah, here, I it's, wish it's I definitely had his time, time to shine. I mean, it's yeah. now's the time where he can prove it. I like Ian Thomas a lot. I'm a big Ian Thomas guy as well. Mm-hmm. He was my favorite buy candidate before all these offseason moves. I think Ian Thomas is all the talent, and hopefully he does take a step up. I think Robbie Anderson going there kind of hurts his target floor in a way. But I mean, not a floor, maybe more to ceiling. But I do like uh, both Ian Thomas and Irv Smith. Right now I do prefer Irv Smith over all these buy low candidates, such as Johnny Smith, even Blake Jarwin. And I think Irv Smith is kind of close to Tower Higby right now for me in Dynasty. It'd be very tough for me to go either or, but I think maybe for the upside long term, I would go Irv Smith. But it's that's like a flip of a coin for me. Now we have some comments in here on the chat. Cam Newton, Bart doesn't like how you don't like Cam Newton, Dad. So what do you gotta say about Cam Newton? What about Cam uh, Newton in the past? Wrote, Where do we think Cam? He Newton wrote is? Cam Newton is not a chump. I think what he meant to write is Cam Newton is not a champ. That's what he meant to write because he can't throw the ball down the field. He's got no arms. Sorry, Bart. He's got no arms. <laughs> he went vegan. I think that's why. Someone else We're is live, man. Everyone's yeah. hearing it. Everyone's so, hearing so, it. We're someone, live. Someone else isn't that happy, and that's Christian Kirk right now. You know, I know why. Why? Because they just brought in DeAndre Hopkins. Christian Kirk. Yes, we're we're big Christian Kirk fans, and we're hoping for a next level yep. jump. I'm like, you know what? It's going to be a year last year. Gets kind of hurt. Uh, does you know does all right last year. Helped us out in Scott Fishbowl a lot. And now they bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald's still there. And now there's also reports that they're still going to draft C.D. Lamb in the first round. I think that's what they're leaning to. I don't think they're going to do that. They should draft the offensive line. But what are you doing with Christian Kirk or Dynasty? Are you holding him? Are you buying him? Or if you have him, are you trying to sell just to get out of there? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm definitely not buying him. I'm buying him. You're buying him. He's so cheap right now because people are scared. Uh, If I have him, I I would hold him. Yeah. I, I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't buy him. I'd hold him. I wouldn't sell. They're him. in an air raid offense. They're gonna run four wide. So you know if they have wide receivers, he's gonna be there. And they have a high pace and high yeah. volume offense. I think it's like Dan said in the chat. It's gonna open things up for Kirk. And I think you can kind of see like a mini, possibly best case scenario, would be a nice little Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster situation where both just drive in this offense. Or just like Dan said too, he's got to stay healthy. We say that with with almost every player that if he can stay healthy. Yeah. So, so I mean. It, so what are you doing with Christian Kirk right now in Dynasty, JV? I'm buying him. And I'm going to make a guarantee right You're here. You're a Christian oh, Kirk guy, too. I, I forgot. Yeah, I'm going to make a guarantee. And I've only thrown a few of these out, and I call it the JBG, John Bauer <laughs> guarantee. He's going to have at least 200 PPR fantasy points this season. Whew. Write that down. Oh, gotta write right it. here Whew. on the father-son write fantasy it, write football Write it down, show, Justin. March 26th. Whew. 
All right. All right. Write it Guaranteed. Down. All right. 200. So you look at this offense, and I love Larry Fitzgerald. You know, he's he's the ultimate team player. He's the big-time locker room guy, and he's he's 94 years old. All right? So eventually you have to move on from these guys, and I think he's there, and I don't know how he never pursued another team because he's a guy that I would have loved to have seen win a championship. I don't know if it's going to be in Arizona this year. Like you said, Justin, there's a lot of offensive line issues. But you have a player like Christian Kirk who can be run out of the slot, and they're going to run a lot of four wide receiver sets. And Christian Kirk is going to be – he's not going to draw top coverage, especially running out of the slot. You're not going to get shattered a lot. You look at what he did in 2019. He only played 13 games, so it's skewed a little bit, 18 19% target share. But based on the games he played, extrapolated out, that's 23%. And in an offense that's going to throw the ball almost 600 times, I love the opportunity presented for Christian Kirk. And then we talk about maybe, you know, because of the coronavirus, the shortened off season camp is going to be hindered a little bit. Who's going to benefit? It's the guy that's returning to an offense as opposed to, and as great as he is, DeAndre Hopkins is coming from a different team. You have to learn the offense. You have to learn the playbook. I'm not saying he can't do that very quickly. These guys, they all should be able to but it's going to hinder his rapport and his relationship with Kyler Murray. I love Christian Kirk this season, and there's a lot of people they are concerned because there are a lot of weapons on offense. You have Kenyon Drake, who tore it up last season. He's going to catch balls out of the backfield. Larry Fitzgerald's still there. They don't utilize the tight ends at all. I, I like Christian Kirk. I see him right around 20 21% of the target share, mm-hmm. and he's not going to be drawing the top coverage with DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. there. He's a big buy for me. I hope you're right, John, because we're big fans of well, him. What does uh, Charles Barkley have to say about that? That was good. Yeah, yeah. There we go, Charles Barkley. I like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I, we love, I, I agree 100%. I, I don't think they do draft a wide receiver first round. I think, like you said, all it adds up. And I love Christian Kirk, so it's music to my ears. Uh, what are you buying him for in Superflex? I think right now I'd get up a late second for him. I would Easily. give up a mid-second. Mid, mid I think that second. would be enough. Th- if there's an owner that's concerned especially if it's somebody well it's tough to say mid-second for you know if a team that's win now has him but you might be able to i mean i would move i would move adam thielen for christian kirk straight up i would move adam thielen for christian kirk straight up so if you have a win now team and you have christian kirk and you're looking to dump him and i have a player like thielen or uh maybe i have a, a running back that's more win now that we could work something out that's something I would be looking to do. But mid-second, if it's a draft pick, if it's a, a veteran that you're looking to acquire, I, I, I'd be, I mean, if I have Robert Woods, I think I could get Christian Kirk plus for Robert Woods today. So, And then quickly, we got to rank top five wide receiver all time. So Stefan Diggs on Twitter this week was saying, rank your top five wide receivers of all time. I'm going to do it real, real quick for you, all right? Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson, Terrell Owens, Larry Fitz, and then close to Larry Fitz, I think, is Julio Jones. You can't discredit what Julio Jones has done his whole entire career. All right, so we got, we got Christian Kirk, not Cousins. So Christian Kirk or Jameis and Superflex? Oh, Christian Kirk for me. God. I'm going Christian Kirk. I'm going, I I, you see my Jameis, team in this I, I league. I love Jameis. Yeah, but Christian Kirk. Is, and I have a feeling, so I, that's TJ that asked that question. I have a feeling I'm getting a trade offer here shortly because I'm sure that he has Kirk and I have Jameis somewhere. So I'm going to be checking my phone for a trade offer here. Yeah, we got a question in the chat. Mayfield and a 210 this year or Stafford in a one quarterback league? Give me the pick in Mayfield. 
That's how. Oh, I, just give me the two ten yeah, over Stafford. Give, yeah, the, the answer is Mayfield in the two ten for that. And get out of the one quarterback. Yeah, the, super flex, flex only. You got to super flex. You're not doing super flex. Every, Guess what? You're doing it wrong. So everyone should be doing super flex. It makes it way more fun. Adds a crap ton of value into the league. You can trade. It's it's just way more fun, and it's 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 just a great system, and I, I love it. Great layout. I, for I agree flex. with you, Mayfield. I hate Mayfield too. But oh yeah, I know you hate everyone. I like. He's kinda. right it's there just, with Cam Newton. Now, another do you hate an, this guy? Another question. Josh Allen. Now, there's a correct answer here because we have a guest on the show. Josh Allen, is he a top 10 quarterback this year? I think he could be top eight, especially now with the best receiver in the league on his team and Stefan Diggs. <laughs> you know, I got to do it for the brand, bro. It's he, not a good landing spot for Stefan Diggs. It doesn't Diggs, matter. He's the best Sorry. receiver in the league. It's not a good landing spot. <laughs> so what do you, you got to say about Josh Allen? So, you know, his passing stats were better in 2019 than, than his rookie year. But he still is a poor 60% completion rate. Mm -hmm. So, do you hear me? Poor mm -hmm. 60%. <laughs> right? He needs, to he needs to improve his deep ball passing, especially with Diggs coming on the team now because he's not that good throwing down the field. Right? Uh, John Brown had a career year this year, his first season with the Bills. Uh, 2020 outlook. Uh, I'm going to go out on a, a bold statement, say he finishes around a QB7. Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> last year was sixth in fantasy points and ninth and ninth in points per game. Right? There's upside for him to finish if he continues to grow as a passer, mm -hmm. which he better do with Diggs is there because Diggs is going to want the ball. You've seen what he complained to Cousins, so he better get the ball. Or he's going to be complaining. Um, I definitely would rank him above Watson this year with the with DeAndre Hopkins leaving. Yeah, for redraft, um, yes. So do I think he's going to finish in the top 10? I, I do believe he's going right. to finish in the top 10 this year. It's a good answer. The Bills are going to win that division. The Patriots are falling apart. Patriots got to rebuild So it's sure. up for the Bills to finally, <laughs> finally do something if they can. <laughs> All right. Now, JV, I already know your Sorry, answer. Sorry, Bills Mafia, but that's the way it is. <laughs> All right, JV. So, Justin, you know that I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. It's funny because – I'm never in a chat or a, a room where I'm not the biggest Josh Allen supporter. You two have him finishing higher than I do. Wow. I would be shocked if he was quarterback eight. And I'm going to tell you why. We all think, and Justin, you and I, we had an in-depth conversation on Dynasty Theory this week about Devin Singletary. We all would be shocked if they didn't bring somebody in to that running back room, whether it's a free agent here at the tail end of free agency or an incoming rookie. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. We already saw it last year. I don't think Josh Allen throws the ball more than 460, 70 times. Well, you got a point there, John, because the Bills are, I think, in the top five for rushing the ball. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's a blue-collar city. It's a smash-mouth team, and it's almost like my Steelers were back in the day. You know, you, you run the ball, you play strong defense, and that's kind of what the Bills are getting to. I hope they invest in that offensive line because it's going to help everybody offensively. But I would be shocked. I have Josh Allen in that 10 to 12 range right now. Yeah. And I'm still tweaking my, my, uh, my projections and rankings. But I, like, I, I love Josh Allen. It's going to be the usage that worries me. His, I almost said freshman year. His rookie season, he came out and he ran the ball at a tremendous rate. And you know he's popping off 100-yard rushing games. They pulled that back a little bit here in 2019. And it's almost like, okay, we want, a, we want an actual quarterback, and we want him to throw the ball more. I liked him a lot more his rookie season where he was running the ball. That's his more of his strength, kind of, you know, yeah. I, I make the comparison. It's almost like a Ben Roethlisberger. Ben can throw the ball, but they're hard-nosed, bigger-body guys that can take a hit and they can move. 
I want to see him run a little bit more here in 2020. Is he going to do that? I don't know, especially bringing in a weapon like Stephon Diggs. I like Cole Beasley. I like John Brown, but I don't see them throwing the ball nearly as much as I would like. And because of that, I can't see him. I can't see him cracking the top eight this year. Yeah. So last year's supporting cast was 23rd in the league. Now you add in Stephon Diggs. It probably goes top 15 because of that. I think that his rushing ability just boosts him up and possibly Stephon Diggs helps him get in the red zone more often, which means the human highlight reel himself is going to take it in the end zone. And I think top eight's probably a little, you know, a little bullish. What? I think I think I have him around 10 or 11 right now. I haven't really done my list yet. Why is he the human highlight reel? You know, his favorite uh, thing is Elton John. You got some rocket man, rocket arm man. So, did you guys see that movie, Rocket Man? I did. I did yeah, yeah, he did. I, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was. I didn't know it was a, like a musical going yeah. into it. I, I thought it was going to be more like about his life. But once they started busting out the songs, I was like bopping in my seat. I love <laughs> that. That was a good movie. Now, speaking of love, Dad, your man, Jimmy Graham. He thought he was going to retire, but he said no. You know, we we did. You, a you, pod- go, you take it away. It's all you. We did a podcast a, f- a few weeks ago. We talked about. Um, when he got traded, or oh, I'm sorry, when he came out of retirement, the Undertaker was laying down. The wrestler, if you guys know the Undertaker, then he sat. Love the Undertaker. He sat right back up. That was Jimmy Graham waking up. What you're gonna pay me? How much? How much to come out of retirement? I'll take it, and I don't blame him for taking it. I love Jimmy Graham, and in that episode, I did say um, I'm staying away from the tight ends. Sorry, Jimmy, but I'm staying away. Now, I have a different story. Jimmy, I love you, man. You got Nick Foles now, which is an upgrade from Trubisky. Okay, the guy is getting paid. Okay, Foles traded to the Bears. The Bears would love to see Jimmy look like what he did in New Orleans, not like last year in Green Bay where he managed just 38 catches. They didn't use him in the red zone at all. I don't understand why. Uh, The big frame guy that he is. Now, granted, he's old. I don't know, what is he, 35, 36? I think it's because when he like raw, right. you know, runs around in the field, it looks like he has 20-pound ankle weights you know, on his stop. Feet. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to give you two reasons why Jimmy Graham is being hated way too much, and they shouldn't. He's being I think hated you on... can jump higher than Jimmy Listen, Graham right now. <laughs> I don't know. He can still get that ball over the goalpost. Yeah, I mean, he's also 6'8". Right. Yeah, well. So he's being hated on way too much. I'm going to give you two reasons why they shouldn't. Number one, there's a weak free agency draft, right? The draft class isn't that good, mm-hmm. tight end this year. Number two, despite not being involved in the Packers' red zone, if you look over the last three years, his numbers are the same as Ebron and Hooper. Ebron is actually number one. Jimmy Graham is number two. In the fantastic year that Hooper had last year, Hooper's underneath him. So do the math. Big Austin Hooper up. guy is John over here. I love Austin Hooper. I don't like where he's going either. Yeah. I loved him last year in that offense. But I'm just telling you, the last three years, the numbers are right about the same. Now, now Hooper had a fantastic year last year. Jimmy didn't. So I didn't like the tight ends in Chicago, but I think I have a different tune right now. Oh. I, I would still pick him. Not as my number one, but I'm gonna let you pick him all day. <laughs> I hope you do. I mean, just for you, you, you deserve uh, to have Jimmy Graham on your team. I love it. You should have a Jimmy Graham jersey. So I, why would I? Why would I want to do that? You should have it. No, I shouldn't have it. Now, so that's my take on him anyway. So that was that, that segment was in there just for you. I, know I hope you enjoyed it. it. I know. It so was. now Todd, Todd Gurley went to Atlanta. 
What what is your what are you doing with Tyler Gurley? I'll tell you right now. I am selling him right now. He is 26 years old this season. Like I mentioned earlier, the age apex for running back is 24.5, and the man's has arthritis. I did some shadowing this year in orthopedic offices. I saw a lot of arthritis. That bone on bone keeps deteriorating, and let me tell you, there's no cure for that. You know, he they tried stem cell. It, it, you know, it didn't look like it worked. Yeah. He looks slow. He wasn't that good. He was 40th in juke rate last year, 39th in yards created per carry. Goodbye, Todd Gurley. It was nice knowing you, and just you wait. The Falcons are going to draft a running back, and just like that, Todd Gurley's fantasy relevance is going to go poof. It's going to disappear. I mean, obviously, he wasn't the same player in 2019, no, right? He was hurt. Very unfortunately, so, he had arthritis. He know. didn't have a 100-yard game at all, all season. Mm-hmm. Matter to you. You also had the same stat as Todd Gurley. You did not have a 100-yard game all season last so, year, too. So, listen. All right. Well, <laughs> I think it's a good landing spot for him. Uh, he'll do better than he did last last year, which isn't much saying. But um, what he has going for him is the threat of a play action, which, if you remember, it helped golf thrive in 2017, 2019 when they used him in the play action a lot. And Atlanta uses a play action all the time. So I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if I like him this year, if I don't. They're going to draft the rookie running back, and his value is going to go just – you see that well, over there? I don't see it because there's no value. Yeah. I, um, I'm no. up in the air on him. All right. What about you, JB? Can you kind of clear the air for uh, Paul? So I do have a few shares. I'm looking to sell. I, if I got 110, 111, 112 in a Superflex league, I would sell them. Now, if – I also agree, Justin. I think they bring in a rookie running back here, and it's kind of muddy waters there in year one. It's a one-year deal for Todd Gurley. So I don't think it's going to deter them from bringing in a rookie. They have a first, second, third, two-fourths, a seventh. They have a lot of draft picks still, and I wouldn't be shocked to see them. We talked about like a Cam Akers here in the third round possibly, where they kind of eat into each other in year one, but the rookie's going to take over here in 2021 but let's say they don't bring in a rookie running back. Todd Gurley, he's going to be I, I, just the usage alone. And the, the offensive line is a little bit better, I think, than what we saw in Los Angeles last year. And this offense, they have a lot of weapons. And I, I do think they use one of these draft picks on wide receiver. You look at the wide receivers, it's Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and then Laquan. Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> And it, and my boy Russell Gage. Russell Gage. You know, so I think they're going to look at wide receiver there. You bring in Hayden Hurst, and then you have Jaden Graham to back him up. But I'd be shocked if they didn't attack the uh, wide receiver position. You got to look at defense. You got to look at that offensive line and prove that a little bit. Yeah, they had injuries preseason last year, but I would be shocked, unfortunately, if they didn't bring in a rookie running back. So I also am looking to sell Todd Gurley. I'm not looking to acquire him. I I know you know. My snap judgment, we did a little live stream, uh, Dan LaMagna and I, whenever Todd Gurley went to Atlanta, we did a little live feed on Twitter, and I said price-dependent, I'd be looking to buy Todd Gurley. This is the perfect sell opportunity. That window is opened up. And it's just like what I said with uh, Adam Thielen. The sell window is there. I'm looking to sell him. If they don't bring in a rookie, though, he's going to have a very productive you know, they, they might, 2020 based you know, off of usage. They might not bring in a rookie. I mean, you still got Ito Smith and Brian Hill there. 
Oh, they were terrible. Yeah, I like, Bri- I like Brian bad. Hill a lot, and then he got his but opportunity. Kind of just pooped in his big boy pants as the fantasy football. He was he was the DFS. He was Cinderella yeah. that yeah, week, yeah. and he was in like sixty five percent of the lineup. I put him in my lineup, yeah. and it was one of my donations to the Bachelor or Bachelorette, or <laughs> whoever it was that won the million that week. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Now, I mean, if they do draft a rookie. Here's what I'm going to say. If they, say. if they do draft a rookie running back, obviously we don't know yet, but thank goodness the, the do, draft is still going on a girl. schedule, so we have an activity for sports in this yeah. quarantine and isolation. So thank you to Roger Goodell for keeping that draft on. It's going to be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they bring in a rookie running back, over the past two years we've kind of seen a similar thing happen with running backs. Two years ago it was Cleveland. Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb. Carlos Hyde starts off the year. Eighth weekend, Nick Chubb comes in, goes off. Last year, Jordan Howard started off well, and then Miles Sanders comes in. But, whoa, 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 whoa. I got. But that was that was because of an injury. Hey, whatever Jordan it takes. Howard looked great in that offense. He did look. He looked pretty good. Not as good as Miles Sanders. Yeah, if they gave you were, Miles you were Sanders mad at all the action. If they gave getting. Miles Sanders the carries, they gave Jordan Howard. He would have made way more from it because Miles Sanders is better than Jordan Howard. I don't know. He, like, he just. Uh, I got. Jordan John. Howard did good. I got to agree with John on this. Miles one. Sanders is very talented, yeah. but I like Jordan Howard. I have a soft spot in my heart for Jordan. I remember Howard. watching some of those plays. And I was like, Yo, if Miles Sanders was given that <laughs> same exact play, he would have had a ten. I, I got to agree with John on this one. You can agree with whoever. Last year, you agreed with Stompy on that Devonta Freeman was going to be good. How did that turn out for you? Yeah. Well, you know, you can't be right all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had 70 targets in, what, like 13 yeah. games in this offense? So if they don't bring a rookie running back in, Todd Gurley is going to get used. Yeah. And he a one-year deal, yeah. Yeah. they're going to run him into the ground. Sure. If, they, if they don't draft a rookie running back, I will be interested in Todd Gurley, especially for redraft leagues this year, as a running back two or three. I think it will be a great value. Yeah. But this is all going to be dependent on the draft. So sure. we'll see how that goes. Sure. But this also leaves behind Darrell Henderson, who was my favorite running back last year in his draft class, outside of Miles Sanders, and <laughs> Malcolm Brown. And I'm selling both right now because, once again, you have a little sell window. What's the thumbs? What's the thumbs down for JV? What's that for? I'll, I'll jump in. I'm just, I'm just giving you a little precursor. What I'm going to be. So who's, who's the better running back in uh, LA? Well, now? last year I love I love Henderson coming out of college. You know, I thought he was great, but he only had six targets in nine games and couldn't even play over Malcolm Brown. And let me tell you, Malcolm Brown's not that good. He's just not. So I don't I don't understand that. Maybe this year they want to see what they let him loose. Maybe, but I'm I don't know. I just don't know. I, he wasn't that good of a pass catcher in college. Yeah, Tony Pollard there, and I don't know. You didn't. You can't play over Malcolm Brown. I don't know what you can really do. I would not be surprised if L.A. also drafts a running back. And that's why they cut Tyler Gurley. They like someone specific in this draft class. So right now, while they don't have a rookie running back on their roster, I think that people would pay up for Darrell Henderson, maybe a late first or early second, and I'm selling him for that ten times out of ten. And Malcolm Brown, if you can sell him right now, you you did a good job trading. Yep. Yeah. You said exactly what I oh, would have said. Look at that. I, I did it. Completely agree. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the best quarterback of all time changes spots because of Bill Belichick. He goes to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Ronald Jones is running back there. No one's really talking about Ronald Jones. I think now people are starting to talk about him. But I think Brady being there definitely helps his value. He's only 20, uh, I think he's 23, 24. He was the youngest running back in the class uh, two or three years ago whenever he came in. And I think he's great by low right now, but they could also still draft running back. But I think right now, them drafting running back is maybe a little overestimated. I think they got to get offensive line help for Tom wow. Brady because you can't yeah. have him hurt. 
last season, I believe they were 20th in uh, offensive line rating for Jameis Winston, whereas Brady was like 18th. So it wasn't that bad because Winston had a lot of sacks, but Winston also doesn't know how to throw the ball away. Wow. So we'll see about that. that. that well, but, that was his problem because the offensive line was terrible. Ronald Jones. Well, Ronald Jones is not. Is, a I don't pass, love Ronald Jones. He's not but, a pass blocker. Yeah. So if he doesn't improve his pass blocking, I don't think he's going to be on the field that much. Mm-hmm. He better be able to protect. Well, Peyton Barber just signed with the Redskins, so they have no one else behind well, right now. So they, they're, they're probably going to draft someone. But I mean, he's terrible at pass blocking. That's why Winston was on his butt all the time and threw all them stupid interceptions, like you said, because he doesn't know how to throw the ball. Well, Winston right. doesn't give a crap. He'll throw well, wherever he wants to throw it. He he's so the opposite of a Tom Brady. There was no running game separation. whatsoever in Tampa Bay. Yeah, but what you think Ronald Jones is going to like if they don't draft one? I think well they're probably going to draft one, but I don't know what. With Brady round. at the helm, I think it helps him. Brady loves the running backs. He loves throwing them short dump offs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they gotta they gotta upgrade the offensive line. It's they not gotta, a sexy pick. No, I'm not saying it's a sexy pick. I I think he can be good. I think he's. Uh, like, I'm not saying he can't be good, but they have to upgrade that offensive line or forget it. Forget it. Because he ain't gonna be able to block nobody. Yeah. Brady's gonna be on his ass just oh, like Winston. <laughs> All right, what about I you, Davey? And Brady's out of that system, right? He's in that Belichick system, and now he's gonna be out of that system. I'm I'm excited to see what he does because I did say on the the Open Bar podcast that uh, he's not staying in New England. He's already done what he could in New England. He's he's either got to retire or go somewhere else, and he went somewhere else. So we'll, we'll see what happens when he's out outside of that system. Right. What do you think about Ronald Jones, JB? If you're in a startup right now, I don't mind you taking him where he's dirt cheap. So if you want to take a flyer on him, that's fine. If I have him, I'm looking to sell him. I would be shocked if they don't bring in a running back here in the draft. I think it's been high draft. You're looking at the 45th pick in the second round, 76th pick, you know, in the third round here. And I, they have the first, but I would be, they're not going to use a, a 14th overall here on a running back. And then you have a player like Devontae Freeman who's still floating around. Bring him in one year, $4 million. Yeah. He's made money. He's okay. He doesn't need more. Bring him in. Dirt cheap contract who just, while he wasn't efficient, he was productive because of the workload there in Atlanta. Had over 250 opportunities there in 14 games. I would like to see him in the backfield with Tom Brady. So it's just, he's still floating around there. He's going to get a job somewhere. Where is he going to go? And Justin, you said it. There's nobody behind Ronald Jones there in Tampa. Wait, Dare Awugabugule. But yeah, I know that's a big time sleeper that people are talking uh, about. Oh, he could. They he were could saying the, that last year. You know, yeah. He could be the James White role, catch a lot of passes, yeah. or Rex Burkhead. I. They're gonna bring somebody in, after. whether it's a Devonte Freeman or a rookie. I, that third round pick, it might as well be running. Joshua back. Kelly. Insert Joshua Kelly there. I would. I don't even know if they have to take him in the third. Yeah, if he does, they have two fourth round picks. Take him yeah, there. Take him there if he falls. We'll see. I think the Rams like Joshua Kelly from what I've been like reading. We'll see. We'll see. But the Rams are going to draft five running backs. Might year. as well. One of them's got a hit. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, Philip Lindsay. I used to like Philip Lindsay, yeah, and then did. two years ago we had him in the championship game yes, against Bar in our dynasty league. Uh, it was Monday Night Football against the Raiders. And we're down by like two points. He gets a run, gets hit, walks off the field. We're down by point eight. Never comes in again because he hurt his wrist. I remember that day very vividly. I was right there I, I watching the do. game. I was very upset. I was yes. screaming at the TV. And ever since that moment, I never liked Philip Lindsay. And let me tell you, when Melvin Gordon decided to go there, I was like, goodbye, Philip Lindsay. I think goodbye. Freeman's I like Philip Lindsay's story. I, I think li- Freeman's gone. 
Oh yeah, Royce Freeman. Yeah, he he. I don't understand that at all. I and think Royce. We, we were big Royce Freeman proponents when he came out of the draft, but they didn't use him. Philip Lindsay took over. But what do you think about Melvin Gordon going to Denver? And what do you think this does to Philip Lindsay? I think you can maybe see a one A one B situation. But Melvin Gordon's a better pass catcher than Philip Lindsay, and I've been saying all along that well, Philip Lindsay is not a workhorse running back. No. Well, Melvin Gordon is, should definitely take over the lead duties there, but he's going to share with Philip Lindsay. Like I said, I, I think Royce Freeman's going to be somewhere else. Um, Dem- look, Denver has struggled to score points, right? We all know that. The only team in 2019 to finish bottom five in points per game, yards per game, red zone efficiency, and third down percentages. Gordon has the opportunity to make sure this doesn't happen again, right? He should help them in the red zone. Also a great receiver out of the backfield. So I, I like the spot. I'm surprised that Denver took a running back because they really did have a good one-two punch right there. Um, so one of them has got to go. Uh, they're not going to keep three. And I think Freeman's going to be elsewhere. I think so. So, I lo- I mean, he's going to help them score points, hopefully, in the red zone. Yeah, we'll have to see. What about you, JB? What do you think about Melvin Gordon going there and Philip Lindsay's outlook because of it? Well, before we talk about those two, Paul, I think the spot on Royce Freeman's going to be somewhere yeah, else. Bro. He's on a rookie deal. I think he gives an opportunity to a team that is looking to acquire him. I, I don't know what they could get for him, but I do believe with Melvin Gordon there on the two-year, $16 million deal, Philip Lindsay there on the dirt-cheap contract, it makes a lot of sense for them to move Royce Freeman for maybe even a fifth, I, I, fourth? I, I, don't, I don't know. But you look at Denver, they improve the offensive line, you have Rich Scangarella, who came over from San Francisco and adopted a lot of their philosophies, right? So they're looking to run the ball. 504 pass attempts, 409 carries last year. And I think Drew Locke helps open things up a little bit. It's not Joe Flacco. And you look at the offensive line coach. He came over from Pittsburgh, Mike Munchak, one of the best in the game at what he does. I think this team, they're in a prime situation to really improve the running situation. Um, you know, you, you look at Melvin Gordon, I like this signing for him. Yep. And I know people are saying, well, that means that Philip Lindsay is going to be using the third down role. And Justin, you already mentioned it. Melvin Gordon's probably a better pass catcher than Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay couldn't separate himself from Royce Freeman in the uh, pass catching duties. So I, I think Melvin Gordon, this is a great signing. Maybe like a mid running back two to the higher end of running back two for 2020. But in startups, he's somebody I'm interested in. In existing leagues, I was worried because we had gone through how long in the offseason here already in free agency he wasn't signing anywhere. And this gives me hope. This gives him life. If I have him, I'm probably looking to sell him in Dynasty, though. Yeah. So I was I was hoping. I was even praying for Melvin Gordon to go to the Bills just so Devin Singletary's value can get crushed. Goodbye, Devin Singletary. Nah, I wish. That was my dreams. I was. I heard the rumors, and I was like, oh, yes, do it. Do it. Because then Devin Singletary. Singletary. That, that rumor it would have been squashed. like, boom, goodbye, Devin. That rumor got squashed so fast. I was so mad about it. I wanted it to happen just so I could be like, ha-ha. But um, him going to Denver, I think redraft's very interesting. And if you're a win-now team, I think, for Dynasty, possibly, you're not going to be able to buy him low. And So I think you got to just – if you have them, you're holding them. If you're if you're in dynasty and you're winning now, all right, like that's that. gonna do it for us today on our podcast. First live stream, I think went pretty well. We had up to I think 12 people in here, which is way more than I expected. So thanks for everyone for coming in. It's and just it's, a start of better things for us. So yeah, it's we're fantastic. Gonna, we're I'm glad you were able to figure it out. It's something new, and it, it's uh, yeah. that's I why think I'm it's here. It's gonna dude. work out. I got the technology. Just got to stay six feet away from me.
<laughs> yeah hopefully everyone's enjoying your social distancing uh, you guys subscribe if you guys made it this far obviously and i probably should say that in the beginning too to subscribe if you're new so that's gonna do it for us uh john where can people find you on twitter in case they're not on the live stream and what do you do in the fantasy community link and plug whatever you have this the floor is yours uh yeah you can find me on twitter at the bauer club i'm in a million leagues and you know i, I write for fantasy pros I host Dynasty Theory. I'm going to give a shout out to Mitch Sorensen at DinoMC on Twitter, Dan Lamagna at FF Coach Dan. And, you know, Justin and Paul, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, so you guys know Mitch, who is a co host with me, he spoke very highly of you. He mentioned you guys before I knew who you were. So, you know, and your reputation precedes you. you. So thank you very much for having me on. Hey, thanks we for coming on. Appreciate you coming on. So uh, you're on our. You'll always be our first guest. You always for got the live that stream. for you, buddy. <laughs> so we appreciate we appreciate your time and everything. So and we're gonna we're gonna have you. Mitch and Dan on the show too. We got some guests coming. I'll, I'll spoil some guests right now. So we're gonna have Derek Brown, D Bro, come on. A good friend of mine. We're gonna have Brian Har, the reigning father son fantasy football listener league champion. He's gonna come on in the off season. We're gonna have Mitch come on. Can't wait to have Mitch come on. Trust me, I'm gonna have a fun time with Mitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great time. We're gonna have Dan come on for my intervention about what team I'm gonna choose. We're going to be having some great guests sign up for this offseason dynasty content. That's a good group. That's a very good group. Yeah. Now, you mentioned you're in a lot of leagues, and that I'm in nine dynasty leagues, and that's a lot for what you think. So, John, you want to tell my dad how many leagues you're in? I want to. How many, in. John? Uh, Paul, I'm up to 52. Oh, my yeah. God. How do you have time for 52 <laughs> leagues? You got to make it work. Oh, you my. Work. I mean, you're not going to be on quarantine the whole rest of the year, John. 52. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I might be. I might never leave the house again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for wow. coming into the last stream. Thank you, Tom Rice. Thank you, Bar, for staying to the end. And thank you for everyone else who joined if you made it. And if you guys are listening on Apple, Spotify, or wherever, we're going to be doing live streams. So go on to our, our Twitter, at FatherSonFF. Uh, we're going to probably do a live stream once a week right now in the off season, And then come redraft season when it's our prime time, man. We'll be doing two live streams a week, probably three when it comes closer to August. So stay tuned to that. Subscribe to you guys. That's going to be awesome, man. That's going to be Yeah, high five, Cam. That was good That's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be lots of fun. So This is exciting things happening over here. Down <laughs> here everyone. In, uh, in uh, Saratoga, New York. Yeah, exciting things coming awesome. here. We're going to set up some things. But, yeah, thanks, guys, for uh, listening. And, yeah, catch yep. you guys next time. Thank you.